Don't call us. We'll call you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option coming to you courtesy of Immaculate Productions. I'm Father Brendan Kilcoyne. If you like our work, would you hit the subscribe button? Won't cost you a penny. If you wish to be cost a penny, please send that penny via PayPal or Patreon. Um, please keep the prayers coming. Remember us in your masses and a constructive comment if you have time. Hmm. HR. Recruitment. Perhaps no Irish need apply. Huh? Interesting idea. This is how the Lord does his recruitment. Yeah. He sends the prophet Samuel. I'm talking about the readings for this 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 Sunday. It's one of my one Samuel's one of my favorite scenes. Sends the prophet Samuel to visit to visit Jesse. And he says, you know, I need to meet your sons, you know, and he he meets one son after the other. No, no, no. No, it's not the guy. It's not the guy. It's not the guy. Yeah. And then finally there's nobody left. And he says to Jesse, is this it? In other words, I was told you had him. So where is he? And Jesse goes, ah, there's another guy, all right. He's out, you know, monkey boy. He's up the hills looking after the goats or whatever. Um, and Jesse said, I'll get him down. I have to see him. David walks in and Jesse goes, Sign the contract. Anoint him. This is the king. I think it's a good day for us to think about leadership in the church. Now, generally, people will say, you know, uh, you have, you know, you have two kinds of leadership. You have assigned leadership and emergent leadership. They say this in the management courses. Assigned leadership, as far as I remember, is where, you know, you're given a job that involves leadership, right? You're promoted. That makes sense? And so you're given this job to be leader. You're promoted to leader, right? And then emergent leadership, and this is a huge problem in organizations, because the guy who's assigned may not be able to cope with the other leaders who are present, the emergent leaders who just emerge. And no, they've never managed to agree on what makes a leader. But they're pretty sure that one of the things is probably wanting to be a leader. It's a very difficult area. Very difficult to be sure. And so, how do we find our leaders? It's a problem in every organisation. Now, with synodality and all the things we're talking about, it's quite clear that the church is aware that you have assigned and emergent leadership. So you have those who are anointed, consecrated and set aside for the sacred ministerial leadership, so to speak. But the Lord fires his gifts in every direction. And outside of that ministerial leadership, you will have other forms of leadership because all of the faithful are called to spread the faith. And spreading the faith is a form of leadership. Am I wrong? Of course I'm not. I would put it to you that one of the key things to be aware of in that first reading coming up this Sunday from 1 Samuel is that Samuel, <laughs> Whitford, Whitford, was going there under instructions from God. 
to whom he had clearly been talking. I would put it to you that we can't find our leaders. We can't find our leaders to be assigned, let's say the clergy. We can't find our leaders who are, we can't know which emergent leaders to trust. Let's say a lay person who has a particular charism or gift without God. So it's a very obvious point to make. People say to pray for vocations. I, I think the vocations are there. I think we should pray to find the vocations. To recognise them and be worthy of them and not frighten them off. And not like Herod, you know, oh, tell me where he is so that I too can do him homage. <laughs> okay, anyone got a pillow? Like, are we doing that? Is there a chance that we're killing leadership in the church? Sure, we have something to be afraid of. Emergent leaders, for instance, who just come from nowhere. I think they're very dangerous people. That can go in any direction. I totally accept that. So it's a tricky one. I don't envy any bishop who has to cope with this or religious superior. It's a very, very difficult one. But I'm, I'm saying that only with prayer and fasting, such as the prophets did, can we hope to be able to recognise the leaders God has given us. Now, I want to aim this particularly at the seminaries, where it is absolutely crucial that we... That, that we are able to function at a number of different levels in terms of training. To train those who are ideal for the ministry, but also to work on those who are broken if they have a vocation, rather than letting them go, because they could turn out to be very powerful presences. So the, the implications for this are very, very serious. The responsibility is absolutely enormous. Is that like everything, every skill imaginable, starting with the spiritual, has to be brought to bear to discern these leaders. It's as if, you know, during the war for the for the resistance in France and in Greece and places like that, they would drop stuff. You know that? The the Air Force would drop stuff, parachuted boxes or or barrels full of supplies and weapons. And they dropped them. But it could be a problem in that it could be very difficult for the resistance to find them once they'd landed. They could land in a forest or land, land anywhere. And we have the same problem in a way. is how to find these people that God is sending us. And is certainly sending us. Now you go to the gospel, to that amazing moment where the guy who's... who's, who's, who's um, who's cured, his blindness is taken away, the man at the pool of Siloam. And, and he, he's there bantering uh, some, some, with some asperity with the, with the Pharisees, you know. I, you know, I know what I saw, I know what he did for me, and that's the end of it. And he said, why, do you want to be his disciples too? And they go mad and say, you're a sinner since the day he was born. You're going to teach us. Because, of course, the Jews saw blindness as an affliction sent by God as punishment for some sin you must have committed. But Jesus looks further, he looks right into the heart. And this is what Samuel says in the first reading. The Lord doesn't simply look at the outside, but looks into the heart. Yeah, into the heart. And so does Jesus. 
He looks past what any devout Jew might have seen, were the signs of misfortune indicating the presence of sin. But he looks through that and he sees the reality of the man's heart. We have to pray to be able to do that. It's a huge responsibility. And some of the skills that are involved in that are very easy to abuse. So I, 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 w- I would say this, that it has never been more important that bishops and religious superiors assign their most trusted and reliable people to the formation of priests, even to the point of depriving parishes or other institutions of their services. We must absolutely regard the formations of priests, the formation of religious and the formation of lay ministries, of leaders in the lay ministries, as taking priority over everything else. Remember, remember this point, which is absolutely crucial. To their enormous credit, the American organisation Focus never stopped pointing it out. Jesus spent an inordinate amount a disproportionate amount of the three years of his public ministry with those 12 jokers. Three years of his public ministry. And 11 of them turned out all right. And even the Chancellor did what he was there to do. I'm just, I'm just saying, maybe this is the weekend in the middle of Lent when we reflect on what do you do in the middle of a crisis you slim down, you, 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 re, you assess what you have, what you have to do, you redirect and you focus everything on the threat, which is also an opportunity. Now, the threat is that the faith will die in Ireland. The opportunity is to rediscover how to live and preach the faith. So we need Samuels. We need Samuels, and more to the point, we need Christ. God forbid. You know what I mean. I'm not, I'm not being, being heretical about that. Uh, we, we don't need Christ, but we need Christ-like people who can just look into the heart and say what's there. I want you to reflect on this. This is no small matter. God sends leaders. Human beings need leaders. It's constitutive to our psychology. Jesus Christ didn't despise that. He didn't despise anything about our nature except sin. Except sin. He didn't even despise our temptation. He was tempted himself. He subjected himself to it. We need leaders. We don't need fascist tyrants. We don't need manipulators. We don't need Machiavellian you know, sort of political types, but prophetic leaders. We need leaders. That is an honourable need. It is a human need, a spiritual need, a supernatural need. We must have priests. We must have religious. We must have monks. We must have them. We must have laity. We must have lay leaders among the laity. Otherwise, the mass of the believers become a dead a dead weight being lifted by the clergy and the clergy won't be able for it. The leaven must be working among the people. Frank Duff is an example. Tremendous example of that. A fiercely lay leader. Alfie Lamb, um, Willie Doyle, Father Willie Doyle, 
I'm thinking of all these incredible people. Uh, Dom Columba Marmion. Um, one could go on and on. And so I'm asking you to, to just reflect on this. Should we not be drastically reordering what we do to prioritise the finding and the nurturing and training of these leaders? My thought for you this Lenten Sunday. This is Leitari Sunday. Hmm? One is permitted to show a bit of ankle on Leitari Sunday. Okay. Bit of bit of joy in the in the middle of Lent. Like Gaudete Sunday, okay? Yeah, Easter's coming, uh, Miller time. But we need to think about these things. I have full confidence in you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.